What's going on, guys? It's your boy Mike back with another episode of the Wickcast. Uh, today, you know, to celebrate spooky season, I got excited. I wanted to do a podcast episode, and I brought in an old favorite, uh, Third Coast Tom. Say what's up, Tom. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Mike, appreciate you having me on. It's always a good time to figure out what it is you think, sir. Awesome, awesome. So where have you been? What have you been up to, big bro? I mean, really, I just got back from a cruise to the Bahamas. It's it's weird. This is like the best time to go, right? As long as you can miss the hurricanes and stuff like that. Uh, the, the weather was amazing. The beaches were amazing. You know, the blue water, sea, sea to the bottom, the whole nine. I brought back some Bahamian rum. I, I'm saving that for a special occasion. But uh, all in all, it was a fantastic trip. If you're not doing a cruise or carnival, you're doing it wrong. You should do it. They don't pay me for an ad or anything like that. But if they want to, I'm about it. Right, right, right. And uh, so you, you're not drinking the, the Bohemian Rum City. Uh, what are you sipping on? I've got a little Terramana tequila, the Rocks tequila. It's a nice uh, citrusy tequila. And I paired it with a little pineapple juice. I mean, it's, it's a nice, you know, light drink that you can just sit and drink on a Wednesday. You know, you're not really doing anything crazy. Uh, and, and it's something, you know, I'm not like trying to get to the end of the rainbow. You know what I mean? Like I can have a right, couple right. And, and, and just keep it chill. Right. And, uh, when you came up and visited a few weeks ago, we grabbed the tequila. Which one was that one? That one is Mark Wahlberg's tequila, Fletcher Azul. And that was some good stuff. Oh yeah. That was tasty. I think the bottle's just about gone. Uh, and I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I typically don't knock over bottles of tequila that fast. We, I mean, normally, you know, it goes a couple of days, but I felt it was really easy to pour, really easy to sip. It's supposedly Mark Wahlberg uh, advertises it as the world's best sipping tequila. And I, I mean, I tend to agree. It was really good. Right, right. All right. So before we get into today's topic, uh, I got a question. Uh, what is your favorite scary movie and why? I'm not a scary movie guy. I mean, I don't have like a ton of them that I watch. Uh, I, for me, my imagination just goes wild with it. Uh, I, I'll tell a quick story. Uh, you know, when I, I cared about scary movies, I watched The Ring. And I didn't watch it when everybody else did. I watched it much later. I'm sitting in my apartment by myself watching The Ring. And midway through the movie, nose just starts bleeding for no reason. And I'm just sitting there with a bloody nose going, what the hell is going on? Turn the movie off. Dipped out, went and found some friends, did some drinking, and I was like, all right, never again. But if a gun to my head, I got to have a scary movie. I recently saw the, the the new Army of the Dead that was on Netflix. I thought that was a pretty good flick. Uh, starring Dave Bautista, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, that was kind of heisty. I liked it. A little post-apocalyptic action. Uh, yeah, no, I would definitely say your favorite movie is The Ring, because if I had a traumatic <laughs> experience with a movie, that would be my go-to, like, take me to another plane of existence. Um, but, uh, yeah, mine, ah, man, uh, I have watched stream about eight times, but that's just because Rachel's a big fan of, uh, of, uh, what is his name? The, the actual ghost face, that guy. Um, I cannot think of his name right now to save my life, but that it's, a, it's a classic. It, it's a, a slasher film. It, it talks about the tropes about slasher films in the slasher film. It's just, it's a really good watch. It's not really that scary. Um, but, but it, it takes you back to a place, you know, like a, a old school vibes. I like it. So today's big question. And, and I know a lot of people around the world have been talking about it. That's why I'm talking about it is what if the NFL had 
relegation introduced into it. And we're going to dig into that. We're going to go, you know, why it should, why it shouldn't, if it's possible, if it's not possible. Um, but, uh, bro, how about you start us off because some comparisons of where we see relegation in the world? I mean, obviously, where, where it's king is, is the other football, if you will. You look at uh, overseas, relegation is a big deal. To be up in the, in the Premier League and then to get relegated is, is like, you know, death for a little while, right? Um, it's a big money thing. I think that it potentially, if it was something that the NFL wanted to look at, it'd be another way to increase their revenue stream, to include more cities, to include more teams. Obviously, football is king in the United States. Uh, they make they make tons and tons of money. So if, if they just didn't have enough money, this would be another opportunity. Uh, I don't know how viable it could be, but I'm really interested in the idea. Right. And, and I agree. I, I am pro relegation. And, and for those of you who are not in the know in the Premier League, uh, the way relegation works is the bottom three teams will be relegated. Um, you, you have like a, a mini tournament and, and all your numbers are put together and, and you win, loss, tiebreakers, goals. And if by some way, like you're, you're still tied by record, it's like goals scored, goals against or goals against plus minus. Uh, now in the championship league that feeds into the premier league, the way they do it is the two best records automatically go up. They are promoted. Um, and now for that last spot, there is a tournament and the loser, the ultimate loser of that tournament or the winner, sorry, of the tournament goes up. They promote. And uh, I, I think that's exciting. Uh, granted, there are 20 teams in the Premier League and 24 teams in the Championship League. Uh, so I think in the NFL, there's 32 teams. So maybe there would be some restructure and, and kind of how we would get there is kind of taper back a bit. Maybe one division needs to drop down into uh, the minor leagues of sorts, which you do have some solid candidates uh, in the XFL, the USFL. Uh, what, what are some of those other feeder leagues? And I'm thinking about Canadian Football League. I think Mexico has a prominent football league. Um, and if you combined a bit of those, you might be able to put out a decent product. Yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, obviously, we'll get into, you know, how many different teams it would take and what what it would take to get to it. Uh, the interesting thing that I think would probably be challenging is that you have some of these other leagues that have uh, teams in multi or multiple teams in the same city. So there'd probably have to be some relocation, stuff like that. And I just, I don't, I don't know how, how exciting that would be. I mean, some of those things are themed about their cities. So they would kind of have to like give that up. Um, Obviously, I think you would need a minimum of 40-ish of teams, I would think. Uh, the NFL is currently at 32. So I think there's a path there with the, the XFL and the USL who are talking, or not talking, but actually in the process of merging. So there's a potential there for that to be a part of that plan. It just really seems like that would be, have to be something that, you know, the powers that be in the NFL would have to come together and go, okay, this is something we're thinking about doing. Right. I think the uh, president of football operations, um, is that Roger Goodell? Yes, sir. All right, that's the commissioner. Okay, sweet. So one of those guys way at the top kind of has to sit at the big table and make the hard decision, right? Like these teams have criminally underperformed. Unfortunately, Uh, our Houston Texans would probably be on the chopping block for being at the top end 
of the minor league feeders because like you couldn't have i don't think personally if i was looking at a restructure i don't think i could have 32 teams in the big league you may go down to 24 and then start off your minor leagues with a bunch of really good teams that are probably going to get promoted kind of they'll, they'll be in that middle mix pack right um and then you bring some of those USFL, XFL, those guys, they come up. And I kind of browse through some of the salaries of some of the best teams in the Premier League and some of the best teams in the Championship League. And, and I noticed there was a bit of overlap on the bottom end and the top end of each one of those rosters, right? So, like, I think the bottom guy on, like, a, a world-class soccer team makes, like, what, a couple million. And the top end guy in a Championship League makes maybe, like, seven or eight million you know so there's some overlap and i think that the pay scale would have to kind of match that that's not to say you couldn't do it it's just there's a lot of moving parts and i think that's why we haven't seen it yet but um what kind of what kind of impact do you think this would have on like let's say endorsement compensation like would you have to erect new stadiums would it all be in the u.s could you have kind of a north american like mexico canada north america in in its entirety that's a really good question. I, I really think that you would have to have a different uh, like endorsement revenue stream probably for the minor league of whatever you wanted to call it. And uh, I, I wonder how much they would kind of step on each other's toes, right? Because if you look, you've got you've got like the XFL, for example. Under Armour is a big sponsor there. But I mean, I feel like Under Armour sponsors a lot of NFL players as well. Uh, I don't know exactly where the USFL makes their money or or the uh uh the Canadian uh football league makes their money but just just the the competing of those uh advertisement dollars and things of that nature would probably probably hinder it at first but I'm sure if you had uh dedicated brands to these leagues where they would have their own players so to speak maybe that would make it to where everybody makes all the money right uh, as far as like stadiums and things of that ilk, I would imagine a lot of these teams would already have stadiums in place. And I would hope that relegation wouldn't equal lesser football. Uh, and I think that would be like the, 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 the fear is that, all right, are we going to be able to fill some of these stadiums, you know, 50, 60,000 uh, people stadiums. And now they're relegated. Are they going to get the same fans to come out and watch football? I think if, if if the product is good, I think something with the XFL where they've kind of made rules more advantageous. And if you had rules for this relegation versus rules for uh, the NFL where it kind of like geared towards more offense, that kind of thing, maybe it'd be exciting. Maybe it would. Maybe it would move the needle. It just really depends on would people buy into it. I mean, I really. When you look at some of the leagues that are out there right now, you think about uh, Major League Soccer. Stadiums are, are a fraction of what soccer stadiums are in Europe. And I think that's because they're trying to only build stadiums that equal the fan bases, right? And for this football thing, for some of these, from some of these XFL stadiums, uh, USFL stadiums, I don't think they're that big for that reason. You're not going to fill those. so. I guess really you would hope that there was enough of a of a following, enough good talent that you would be able to fill those stadiums so that you would have the attraction. So you're not just going, well, it's not making any money. 
obviously in the end, these the the, the relegating teams they would have to be competitive enough to make money to make it worthwhile. Right. And, and I think another example where this kind of, I mean, and this is kind of like a parallel effect, but like, so baseball, they have farm systems, they have double A, triple A, and they kind of like, they don't exactly compete to move up and down, but I know players fight their way to get in. And, and sometimes if you come off an injury, you'll, you'll take a step down. Or maybe if they think they brought you up too soon, they'll put you back down. But that that's another kind of possibility where you can see people like I know there's a, a good following for a lot of, you know, minor league teams. It, it's especially if they're put in areas where maybe it takes you an hour and a half to get to an NFL game like San Antonio is a prime candidate for a minor league football team. They wanted a football team or we've talked about a football team in San Antonio for years, but I think that they're too close to Dallas to get away from the Cowboys. There's not a whole lot of Texans fans out there, maybe like 10 I've seen, but uh <laughs> As far as, you know, getting them off of Dallas, that's impossible. Now, if you give them a new team to root for that maybe isn't in direct competition with Dallas, because I think Dallas is a, a Premier League team, if you will. Uh, I think, you know, if you put something in San Antonio, uh, you could possibly see the market change for that. And I mean, they have soccer fields, and I feel like the soccer field is plus or minus a football stadium. It won't have the capacity because it's not a major league team. Um like major league football size, but I think in markets like that, like I think um, maybe not New York, but in New Jersey, you could have a, a minor league football team that they, they might get some, cause don't they have an XFL team up there somewhere? I think in San Antonio. Do, yes, they do. Uh, I'm trying to think of where all, so they, so they have XFL teams kind of in place and they, and I don't know about them, but I know the, the roughnecks have a good following, a lot of proud fans, you know, they, they cause I mean, they balled out to be fair. Uh, but you know, it's easy to have fans and you're winning, but I think that if you have them in those areas, like, uh, you know, maybe New Mexico could get a team. They don't have one currently, you know, states like that, like Montana, you know, or yeah, stuff like that. I, I feel like you sprinkle them in there. You have maybe three teams from Canada or, or maybe like five teams from Canada, three teams from Mexico. You, you have like maybe an international division. And it's exciting because people who aren't necessarily from the United States might be more likely to to back them. And that's not good, bad or otherwise. It's just if I'm not from Texas and I actually came from like, what's a decent amount? It's not. not, Is it Polish people? There's a lot of Polish people in Texas. Like maybe they like soccer, but they they don't like the dynamo or whatever. Like maybe, you, you know, or football, but they don't like, you know the way they play it here. So it's like, okay, cool. I'll go with this international team and I'll, I'll represent them when they show up. So there, there's, a lot, I think there's a lot of room for possibilities there. Um, I think there's a, a huge area for endorsements here. Like, like more so like, cause the way you see soccer endorsed is not the way you see American football endorsed, right? Like you get the big ones, Under Armour, Nike, Adidas, you know, Reebok, whatever. But like you go over there and there's like Siemens mobile or whatever on, on somebody's chest. So there, you could, you could, branch out make more money and, and more endorsements and more more tv money it is more to pay the players to even that gap that we talked about maybe some of that money could be used to uh to build those stadiums and maybe in new areas like all right we're going to erect this stadium it's it's going to be your football team and if you want it to get bigger you've got to win and, and i think there's a lot of rich people out there elon musk could use a football team um you, there there's a possibility for owners but i feel like right now nobody's selling like nobody's selling a football team right now everybody's everybody's holding the chips like what's the last team that was sold i can't even think of it was it just recently 
Oakland the commanders to, to well oh yeah 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 you're right yeah okay so so Oakland the commanders but like other than that I mean teams don't move hands a lot like very rarely do you see a lot of a movement in teams but uh what what could be some of the impacts here um like short term long term like good bad what do you think I mean short term I feel like it would be more opportunity for more players. You're probably going to unearth some gems. You look at uh, XFL. They've already done a really good job of that. I know with some Canadian football guys, you've seen some of that. Uh, it's just an overall, you know, better product, right? I think some of the long term is that you grow the game. Obviously, you talked about San Antonio. I would think it, I, I, speaking to what you were talking about earlier, I don't see some of the rural areas getting teams because again, those things aren't cheap. You would need to be able to make the money to make it make sense. So I think you need major cities. I think uh, New Mexico might be might be an option. An option. I don't think they have a whole lot of sports really to speak of. I think you got to start looking. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe another maybe a Kansas team, something like that. You know, where they're 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 hurting for sports. Their their college sports draw crazy numbers. Uh, Oklahoma, their college sports draw crazy numbers. If you could put a, you know, team there where you could get some of that 40, 50,000 people that go watch Sooner games, maybe you got something. Like the uh, Wichita Warhawks? You think ex- that could work? <laughs> exactly. If that's not already a team, right? My bad. I don't know if I'm, is that a college somewhere? I'm just, it I've, sounds good. I don't know. I know the Shockers are in Wichita, aren't they? I, I would wear a Mississippi Mud Dogs jersey right now. <laughs> like, I'm here for it. You'd win the Bourbon Bowl every time, huh? There you go. But I mean, yeah, and there's so many different markets like, uh, you know, that could have a team, even though you look at like a fan map and it's like the Northeast is Patriots. The rest of the U.S. is like the Cowboys. Um, that That's the big split. But I think it would. Uh, most importantly, I think it would get rid of tanking, right? Like nobody wants to watch their team, like ditch all their good players and lose every game. And 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 pull good players, shut them down for the season because they're like, well, we're going to keep you, but like, not to play this season. We don't we don't want to risk you either getting hurt or doing too good. Um, I I think a lot of people were really upset that uh, the Houston Texans like dropped their draft position by one because they won the last game of the season. But I mean, as you can see, it paid off. Like we 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 didn't want young anyways. Like that's not panning out right away. But I think CJ's a stud. Um, and, and I mean, that's what I want to see is I want to see my team compete. I want to see them trade for the you know third overall pick and go get Will Anderson Jr. Like, I, I like that competitive like spirit. Like, I don't think anybody's ever been this happy to be a Texans fan since the inception. Like, they saw what happened to David Carr and they were like, I'm done. I don't want to see that anymore. Um, but yeah, so I think that uh, more teams equals more visibility, like you said. I uh, get a lot of these young guys who, uh, you know, think they deserve a chance to to take that chance a lot of old guys who nobody thinks can play anymore um you know who knows maybe Kaepernick could get on a team at that point somebody will sign him perhaps um I I also think that there would be more competition because nobody wants to get relegated I think that makes every game doesn't matter if you're playing the the you know what is it the returning champs or, or the last place team in the league like i want that win each win counts at that point like if you watch soccer games and you're in the circles of people who do like each game is points right they're not talking about the score on the board they're talking about well 
if they get a win, it's three points. If they get a draw, it's one. If they lose, it's zero, whatever. But each game is accounted for. There's the big scoreboard at the end of the season. And, and I think you could have, with that many teams, kind of like CONCACAF or Copa de Oro, you could have like maybe some tournaments in, in, in weird times. I know the XFL is kind of trying to play in the offseason. But if you got that many teams, you you could expand the season or like maybe I know they just did that to what 17 games or was that that was an expansion you have like two games something uh-huh. okay and uh, I mean I don't know it gives you a lot of possibilities because change breeds more change um, everybody's a little bit more acceptable to the idea of change once you've seen it work um, but uh, what would do you have any other ideas about relegation and maybe why it would be bad like how could that hurt the season uh, how could that hurt the the NFL. Well, the fear I would think, and why, if there is an argument against it, is that a juggernaut, a uh, blue blood, one of those guys gets relegated. You know, you you want the the Dallas Cowboys playing relevant football because they're quote unquote America's team, right? They sell jerseys, this and that. They're not going to do that if they're playing against you know the Mississippi Mud Dogs. You know what I mean? Like, like you want the Giants, you want the Packers, you want these premier elite uh, storied franchises playing for relevant stuff. Now, in soccer, in the Premier League, those clubs spend all the money and they ensure that it's never even a question. You're never worried about uh, Man U or or Man City getting relegated. You know what I mean? They just, it's not a thing. They're going to spend the money. They're not going to tolerate, you know, poor play. They're always going to be just good enough to keep it moving. And I think that would be the fear. That would be what what would be a potential concern for the NFL in 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 that sense that we could lose a a, a team to relegation that you know nobody would then be able to watch their their big marketing money. You know those guys get te- uh, tons of primetime slots because people want to see their team. And if they're playing uh, at one, if they're playing subpar talent. You know, if, the, if those relegated teams are really bad and they blow them out 56 to 7, you know, people aren't going to watch for that either. And two, if, they, if they're not playing for a Super Bowl, people tend to tune out then also. Right. And I think if you look at the problem and maybe you have a few drinks and you squint real hard, a good example of relegation right now would be the Houston Texans because we don't have a primetime game. And I feel like that's being relegated in a sense. Like, like all the big teams get the big games. Everybody wants to see them on Thursdays. They want to see them on Mondays. They want to see them in London or in cartoon form, whatever. Like certain teams get the nod, certain teams don't, right? So that's, that's relegation in a sense, like, uh, you know, at a glance. But I, I, I think that it streamlines the process of, you know, putting teams in and out of the league. Like, so it, it makes the player pool larger, but, but you get a better look at everybody. Everybody's taking meaningful reps. but. I think if like a, a powerhouse like the Cowboys or the Patriots or, or even the Chiefs at this point were to get relegated, you know, in, in the Premier League, they have those balloon payments to kind of keep you afloat, right? Your players aren't losing money for the first, I think, three years. But the idea is that those guys don't stay down because they're, you know, too big to fail. So, and, and what you brought up, which I really like that, was that, you know, they spend all the money to make sure it doesn't happen, right? I feel like the, the structure of how players are handled would be different uh maybe somewhere in the middle of a hybrid where you do draft and and you do sign contracts 
but you restructure the contracts to have like kind of like the NBA with the draft rights or or like, you know, who who is that one Spanish guard we had the rights to for years and he never came over? <laughs> Sergio something or other. Yeah, you you Sergio Lul. L-U-L-L, so, something like L-O-L. that. Yeah, L O L. That dude's never leaving. <laughs> he, he's like the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. Uh, that guy refuses to leave um, Spain, and that's okay. You know, we 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 got our point guard now. You know, we're doing all right. We got a squad. Ah, uh, that's that. Yeah, Houston uh, sports are exciting. All the way right up. Now. All the uh, way up. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, at this point, I would like to uh, kind of take a pause, kind of lull on our thoughts here and, and kind of talk some fantasy football because we are talking about football and i know you're like that dfs guy just waiting on your millie i know it i'm waiting on it too and then we go to vegas right so uh i'm gonna we'll go, ask we'll go you, a lot of places if i would if i would a millie maker it won't be just vegas <laughs> um so go ahead yeah give me some fantasy advice for week five like like who who should i be looking for uh, whether I'm playing season long or if I'm playing D- DFS, let like let's start with season long. Who who am I looking for on the waiver wire this weekend? It's interesting. Uh, if you're in a league that's ten teams, twelve teams, fourteen teams, the waiver wires are really bare. Uh, today I went in. This is the first week of bye weeks, so I had to make some moves for defenses, kickers. I went and grabbed the Houston Texans wherever I could get them. I went and grabbed the Texans defense. I went and grabbed Kaimi Fairbairn. Uh, they're playing the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta this week. Atlanta's coming off a pretty bad defeat to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. So they're probably going to be a little jet lagged, a long flight back and forth, not going to get a ton of practice time. Uh, They got to be pretty soundly. And I don't know about their offense. I I think this Texans defense is gelling right now. I know a lot of people were out on the Texans at the beginning of the season. Power rankings had them anywhere from 30 to 32. Right now they're sitting between 11 and 15 on most power rankings. And there's a lot of respect that that the Texans are earning week in and week out. Uh, So if you can find a Nico Collins who's killing it, if you can find a uh, Dalton Schultz, if you can find – Robert Woods, if you can find any of these pieces to this Texans offense, I would at least try to get them on your team because right now they're getting their offensive line back, which is going to make CJ Stroud better, which is going to make Damian Pierce better, which is going to give them a chance to really be more dynamic with their offense. And uh, I think they're available. When you talk about some of the other players that could be out there, I mean, the waiver wires are pretty bare. I ended up picking up uh, Wandell Robinson off the New York Giants because he had a real good week coming back off an of injury, and they're hurting for for talent. Um, as far as the running backs that are out there, there's not a whole lot. I mean, that, that McLaughlin guy out of Denver, if you can get him, I would absolutely go get him. Uh, because I think Ronnie Rivers? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. There's also a, a wide receiver in Arizona. I think it's a uh, Michael, uh, Michael Johnson or something like that. He's a guy that if you can get him, go get him. But it's tough playing DFS week five because all, all the, the guys that have established themselves as, as you know, up and coming guys, they've all been claimed. 
Yeah, what I will say for for my fantasy experience, and I've got one season long and one dynasty. Uh, so some guys that are available that you know, and, and we're in a pretty decent league. I think it's relatively competitive. Like Wondell Robinson, like you said, he's available. He's kind of at the top. Calvin Austin has kind of taken a bigger role in Pittsburgh offense since um, injuries and whatnot. Everybody thought it was going to be Pickens, and uh, me too. You know, me too. Fringe player. Like some teams may have him, some teams may not. I know somebody offered me Sky more, and then they cut him. I was like, okay, well, if I had accepted the trade, it'd be too late. Um, what what I will say uh, as a spicy play if you're in season long is uh, be mindful of the buys, you know. And, and that's not to say pay attention to who you play, but some people, like me, for instance, like I will not hold two kickers. I will always cut a kicker and flip them for somebody else and hope for the best. So, so in those when people start to get into those binds where they don't know what to do in a buy and they didn't draft with their buys in mind, this is where you can kind of maybe make a small power move if you see somebody make a mistake. And this is when it would start to happen is when these buys start to roll. Um, I would pay attention to that. Like I start flipping through players to see what's out there. Uh, but uh, who who is your must start? That, that, and this isn't like, a, this isn't a, a, you know, Mahomes or a Kelsey. This is like somebody maybe in a flex, like they, they wouldn't normally start, but you should start them now. Like I feel like Puka is a, a natural starter now. Cooper Cup, I think, is off the pup now, though. So that's that's subject to change. Yeah, I, I feel like you have to ride Puka w- with the hot hand until you see it from Cooper Cup. The, the early reports out of L.A. is that they're going to go slowly with Cooper. They're going to slowly integrate him back in. I think it hurts a guy like Tutu Atwell, who I picked up, who was the other wide receiver that was benefiting from Cooper not being in. Um, for me, it, it, it's tough because... I, I want Keenan Allen everywhere I can get him, right? Uh, right. With his with his guy, Mike Williams, sidelined. Uh, if you can get Palmer, Palmer's another wide receiver out of out of uh, the Chargers that I think could also help. Um, as far as like a must play for this week, I don't know. It's 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 really interesting. Uh, the Homer in me is telling you to go grab Nico Collins. Uh, Atlanta's gonna be a good uh, test for this team, but he is the number one wide receiver on this team. And CJ Stroud has a lot of faith in him. So if you can get him, he went for seven and one sixty seven with a score last week. I think Nico Collins is going to have another big week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like if you look at CJ Stroud, uh, the first game, he, he was still lacing up his cleats and I think he's kind of found a rhythm. And he's putting up consistent over three weeks, like 20 plus points in a lot of leagues. Um, Cause I know everybody has their own versions of scoring and things like that. But I feel like uh, he should be starting on a team unless he's on a bye week He should be starting somebody who can throw the ball like that. And, and, and consistently is the key. Cause I mean, through, you know, four games, he has no interceptions. We love to see that, but it's not for lack of, you know, reps. He's throwing the ball. He's not shy about it. Like, uh, another another play that I know a lot of people are looking into is if you have like a a weird Joe Burrow situation and you don't have a quality backup like uh, what's that in Arizona Joshua Dobbs like I think he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of heat behind him because he's not doing as bad as anybody expected like like when you saw he was suiting up and he had no eyebrows you were like I don't know that that's my quarterback <laughs> but uh, if you don't have one or if you have one that's underperforming I know some people do still to this point because. 
I mean, I don't think Joe Burrow's had a good game. And, and I mean, you don't get rid of that guy because it's Joe Burrow, you know. But at the same time, like you, you have a season to win. So you got to maybe rotate him out, teach him a lesson, put him on the bench. Uh, uh, what am I looking for here? So here, here's my DFS lineup. I don't know if it'll play because everybody has different prices. This is, I think, for DraftKings, right? And if I can get this, great. If not, I have, you know, some tweaking. So I got Strata quarterback. You got uh, King Henry at uh, running back. You got Kyron Williams. Um, and, and this is per pricing uh, at wide receiver one. You got Nico Collins. If you can't get him, you can sub him in for Tank Dell. I think he's still going to get his reps. He's good for a couple of points, and he's liable to pop off. He's a touchdown threat, I think, every game. Um, then you've got Jefferson, uh, Wilson, uh, Zach Ertz at tight end, Brees Hall at flex, and Saints on defense. And, and if you can play that, by all means do. If not, make your adjustments as needed. I'm sure there's somebody in that lineup you don't like. I know a lot of people don't like Derrick Henry. Um, I'm one of those people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but I put him in the lineup. I'm him. Because, you know. I'm trying to make amends in our relationship. He's not doing a whole lot on his side, but I'm doing my part. I went with a with a Texans build too. I have CJ Stroud at quarterback. I think that he is underpriced. He's only six thousand dollars, and for giving you two fifty and two scores, something like that. I re- I really think he's a value. I, I went with a chain at, at running back. I, I can't hot. see a, I can't see a world where that doesn't continue. That probably means Raheem Mostert's going to go off, but I, I'll, I'll see what happens. I like uh, Isaiah Pacheco at running back. Also, fifty seven hundred. It's a, it's a nice price. They throw him the ball. He runs the ball. I, I feel like he's a good dual threat os, uh, option against Minnesota. I also like Tank Dell. I think that's a great play. I think he's a guy that can get behind the defense, and and he's been kind of quiet the last week or so, so I think this is a good spot for him to kind of bounce back. I went with Drake London at uh, wide receiver for Atlanta. I feel like that's the only guy you can trust in Atlanta, and if if this Texan stack is going to go off, you really need somebody to go back the other way to kind of score some points to make it you know a game. I have Puka in my lineup. I, I, I see uh, that Philly uh, Rams game being a shootout, and they're going to need Puka to do what he's been doing. I like Dalton Schultz at tight end. I think he uh, scored a touchdown last week. I think this game kind of might set up for somewhere where, okay, they, they want to take Nico away, so he had a big game. This gives you Dalton Schultz in the middle of the field. I also have uh, A.J. Brown going the other way in that Philly uh, – Rams matchup, I think he could have a huge day. And then I've got the Dolphins, too, because the Giants are just really bad. And that is what I got going. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the one thing I don't love is anything to do with Philly right now, because I do have um, some Philly players in fantasy. And, and they've kind of been limping along. Like, I, they, they, they win with the least amount of confidence. Like, they just kind of go out there and like, hey, we made it work. And that's that that wins football. By all means, do it. But as far as like big Miami offense, like I I haven't seen it from them just yet. Um, because what Jalen Hurts hasn't had like a huge game yet. Every, every bit of doing what I can to win the game. And again, I respect that, but not in a fantasy, you know, perspective. I need I need production of the loudest variety. So he's a um, big Astros fan, though. 
So there you go. We can always appreciate that. Actually, um, and, and I think that this wave of quarterbacks, right, like like Jalen Hurts, uh, like Joe Burrow, like, I, and I made this comment to Josh the other day uh, when, you know, he drafted Burrow and then he got engaged and I was like, that sucks for your season. He's like, what? No, that doesn't matter. I, said, eh, I don't know. Like one of two things happen and you either get paid or you get married. And he did both. And his season is reflecting that, in my opinion. Now, that's a hot take uh, that players that get paid or get married have bad seasons. It's like, you know, when Tom I mean, Brady was going through his marital troubles, you saw him. What I'll say about Joe Burrow, because I do have him in a league, he had a calf or some lower leg injury. I don't want to say the A word because I, I want him to play. That has severely limited him. What I mean, he wasn't a huge mobile guy to begin with, but he would extend plays to to get guys like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and and even Mixon running the uh, you know the tight end. He would get all these guys involved by extending plays from time to time. And now he just looks like a statue in the middle of of, of the pocket. And I think it's it's limiting that team. They're struggling to score points. So they become really one dimensional. And hopefully it's something that they can scheme, right? They can figure out a way to get him, you know, better throws, I guess. Right now, the the, the guy that, you know, should have been, in my opinion, potentially could have been on the Madden cover is now looking like he got injured by the Madden curse. Right, right. Like like he ate the Madden curse for somebody else. No, I feel that. Um, yeah. So one of the last things I wanted to talk about here was the – relegation the likelihood like like i think it's like a 0.01% chance that it'll ever actually happen but but are, are you pro relegation is that something you'd like to see i'd like to see it for the mls i don't know that i would want to see it for the nfl my fear is that you know the teams that get relegated would probably be bad teams and i think that's a slippery slope with some of these clubs cuz it doesn't have the backing but they don't have the backing that, you know, Premier Soccer has in Europe. You know, got, people are going to watch that no matter what level you're at, right? You're going to get fans in the stands. I think if you get a team like the Texans or you get a team like the Cardinals relegated, people are going to stop showing up. And as much as football is king in the United States, relegation could, like, have a negative impact where they they go, well, we don't need 32 teams we, we can do it with 24 or whatever you know what i mean and just phase out uh ball clubs in general and, and i want to say when i was looking over salaries and such that uh i think the most expensive nfl team is more expensive than the most expensive premier league team just to remind people that the money is is heavy loaded into like five players but like the money's all there it's just not as well spread out uh, I, I'd love to see it personally, just because a I love the chaos, and, and I mean b <laughs> like everything starts somewhere, and, and it's cool to watch change happen, right? Like everybody wants to see exciting football, like you know whether that be via relegation or they they do something to eliminate tanking because nobody wants to see that. that. That's really boring football. Like I, I think the Chiefs are, are the best friend of a tanking team because they will play down to you every single time. And that's your chance to ruin your draft positioning. But um, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'd like to see it. It's 100% fun to think about. It, it's a zero or a 0.01% chance to ever happen. Um, 
But uh, let, let, let's go ahead and get a, a wrap up going. Um, I, I told you I was going to ask you earlier. So uh, talk to me about the state of the H, the sports scene in Houston right now. I cannot tell you how exciting it is to be a Houston sports fan in this particular era. You've, you're looking at tons of good young teams, good young talent. I mean, and we can go four sports deep, which is rare for any city to say. Right now, you look at this Astros team. They're 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 marching into another postseason. This is the seventh in a row, uh, or, or seventh in a row. I believe it's seven in a row. And they they have the pieces to win a World Series. They won last year. They have the pieces again to do it this year. Uh, we just found out this evening the Minnesota Twins, Carlos Correa is coming to town. Those are going to be electric games. Can't wait for the the series to start on Saturday. Tonight, the Houston Dynamo played in Montreal. Uh, literally had a playoff spot locked up until the death. The 96-minute Montreal scores. They get a 1-1 draw. Uh, the Dynamo are still looking really good to make the playoffs. They're sitting fifth in the Western Conference currently right now. Just a great turnaround for them. They went out and got a stud in Hector Herrera, found some other great pieces around him. And now they've got some good young talent to go with those guys and look like a team that can really compete for a cup. Uh, they just won the U.S. Open Cup, beat a Miami team that, you know, maybe got one of the greatest players on the planet playing for them. He didn't play that second game. Best, second best, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that, absolutely. Uh, he, he, they win that game, but, you know, just, just looked really, really good, really exciting stuff. These Texans, these Texans are on the move. They're on the rise. They're on the come up. They've had a great draft. They have great young talent. You look at C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell, Christian Harris, William Anderson. I mean, I could list probably 10 to 15 players. They're impact players that are all first or second year guys. The Houston Rockets literally just started training camp. They had a media day yesterday. They look really good, young, fun, energetic. Uh, they went out and spent some money in, in the offseason, got some impact players. Dylan Brooks came in. Fred Van Fleet came in. And now they're expected to win. You've got young guys in Opera and Shangoon, Jalen Green. Uh, they drafted two amazing young talents in Amen Thompson and uh, Cam Whitmore. There's tons for for a brand new head coach to build with. The expectation is that they're going to you know compete for a playing spot, a playoff spot, something of that nature. I mean, it's it, it's around the clock with with the Houston sports, and uh, I, I believe that a hockey team's coming. So I don't think this train's stopping. It's it's really a fun time, and uh, if you're not a fan of Houston sports, you should be. And I, I kind of want to roll back to some of that. I I think Cam Whitmore was like summer league player of the the league, wasn't he? Uh, yes, sir. And then the Texans' next five games are probably, if managed correctly, the five easiest games you'll ever play. They won't see a whole lot of uh, adversity down the stretch. Uh, maybe a couple of tests of metal, kind of see where you're at, test your might. But I feel like the rest of their schedule is really easy. Like, I think they Vegas had us at five and a half games or something. Uh, I feel like we'll smoke that. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, the Astros, got to love the Astros. I'm excited for it. Um, they're, they're one of those volatile teams that, like, yeah, you might play a game with them and it'll go, like, you know, zero to three or it can go 17 to zero real quick. Like, once the bats kind of warm up, like, that team is volatile. Like, they pop off uh, and they definitely feed off each other's energy. And uh, the Dynamo beating Miami, I mean, that was 
Like that was huge because like you don't think he joins a, a club that's weak, right? So that's got to be, you know, the strongest, if not one of the strongest teams in the league. And, and for the Dynamo to play so consistently over the years and still compete, I, I think that's awesome. Because uh, since their inception, uh, and I think they went back to back, like you you just don't, you don't start out better. And, and they've got, they're building what, what, what do they call it? Pedigree. They're building the pedigree of winning in the city of Houston, which is, you know, unfortunately a new feeling because uh, the Astros had their, their down years. The Rockets have had their down years. The Texans are getting out of their down years. Um, and, and the Dynamo, I think, have been the most consistent thing in Houston. And I think the fans are finally starting to come out and support that, which is big uh, because of what's a big market if you don't watch the games. I agree. I totally agree. I think that these stadiums are going to be packed. I think you're going to get playoff runs from every team. I did a podcast earlier for PSF and we talked with a, with a Falcons fan where we're breaking down the game this Sunday. This is, this is another fan base who absolutely believes that the Texans will win 10 games this year and, and compete for a wild card, which blew my mind. It's one thing for the people inside the city of Houston, you know, the, the ride or die with this team to say that it's another thing to get the respect from another fan base, sorry, fan base to say this team is on the rise and coming up. And, uh, I mean, I, I could see it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's an, a Falcons fan, so they don't have a whole lot of hope in their own city. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that's true. And I think a lot more people, uh, as C.J. Stroud kind of makes his tour, are being put on notice that the, the Texans are here to, you know, to play some games and, and win more often than not. I think what D'Amico's got going in Houston is 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 going to be really special to watch. Kind of you get to see it grow from the ground floor, which is awesome. Um, and speaking of PSF, uh, you are doing a show this Sunday with the the Texans game. I, I will be there for that. So we're going to kind of hop on the, the PSF app, which uh, remind them what PSF stands for. PSF stands for Pro Sports Fanatics. It is the new great way to watch a game with your people, have the sports bar environment from the comfort of your home, own home or wherever you and your cell phone are. It is it is through your cell phone. You go on to your app of choice or your, your app store of choice and go download the PSF app. You look for whichever uh, fan base you want to follow. I'm not going to tell you to come root for the Texans, but I think you should. Uh, you go in there. Every team is represented. You will have a group of fans in there that are rooting hard for their team. You got live guys in there, uh, media casting. You're able to hit the hit the button and get in there and talk. You can sit in the chat room and just chat it up. But you're you're experiencing the 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 vibes that 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 everybody's looking for without having to go out and fight traffic and fight parking and worry about who's driving home. You know, you're able to sit there at, at the comfort of your own phone with a beer in hand and a group of fans going nuts for your own team. Uh, Mike has been gracious enough to come in and, and chop it up with me. And we've, we've, we've done a game. We're doing a game on Sunday. It's a great time. It's, it's, it's getting you together with like-minded individuals to go in there and, and vent and celebrate all the same, whichever one you got to do. It's a great place to be. And I think if you're not there, you're doing it wrong. Right. And I mean, and I was just kind of scrolling Twitter this afternoon while I was at the gym and there are new like teams, new members. Everybody comes in. I, I know a lot of baseball fans, uh, media casters came in. Like, hey, join us and, you know, welcome them to the family. So if, if there's not what you're looking for, 
you can either make it yourself or you can, uh, you know, it, it may be there the next day. It, it's ever growing. And it's not just one Astros guy. It, it's, you know, a, a couple different Astros guys. and They all kind of chop it up and they have different views on things. There's not just one, you know, of anything. I even, I mean, I was scrolling through there the other day. I found a gaming channel and, you know, me, I'm a big gamer. So I thought that was cool. Uh, so there's a little something for everybody. Um, lastly, uh, the, the Twitter handle for, for Tom, is that at third coast Tom still? Yes, sir. Three RD. Yeah. Or, or is it spelled out? <laughs> it's spelled out. Know. It, it's spelled right, out. I'm spelled sorry. Out. Gotcha. Yep. No worries. No worries. Um, as always, I am at Whitpod Mike, uh, on the X, if you will. I think it's the X now, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else, but that's what I got. Thomas. Mike, I appreciate you having me. This has been a lot of fun. I, I, I love always getting the opportunity to come on the show and see what see what's going on through your head. Pick your brain a little bit. Uh, appreciate you allowing me to uh, like invite people to the PSF app. That's that's going to be the next great space. Uh, I really hope that maybe we can talk about getting you in as a media caster for gaming. I think that'd be pretty dope. And uh, look forward to doing this again. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and always, everybody, uh, stick around. We'll have more content if you have any ideas. Always feel free to drop it on the Twitter. Uh, but for now, that's it, folks. Stay easy.